No Stocks for Old Men, a Neo-Investor Stock Market Thriller. Six hurdles all innovation technology investors need to scrutinize, before January 1, 2021. On the back of the news about three promising vaccines, the stock market is on fire again. You might be thinking, I can't miss. Technology names are up, stocks benefiting from lockdowns are up, stocks hurt by lockdowns are up. The Dow and Nasdaq are both at or near new highs. Now with the end of the pandemic possibly months away and a new US president coming into office, most analysts agree the broadening market breadth suggests a strong bull market. It's almost too good to be true. I agree, at first blush, everything looks fantastic, but not everything may be as perfect as it first seems. Pandemic-related stocks have almost all boomed and are now getting crushed. Zoom is down around 20% in the last 30 days, Overstock is down around 50% since mid-August, and Blue Apron Holdings is down around 60% from August, even as infection numbers continue to peak around the world. Technology stocks in general, appear to be slowly trending south. Mega-cap tech stocks, for example, appear to have peaked back in September. Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon all continue to flash a number of sell signals as they grind lower. Innovation technology names, on the other hand, are all still hovering around multi-year all-time highs. Anything in the solar, hydrogen fuel cell, or F space is red hot on little or no news. This is starting to look like a real problem because virtually all innovative technology stocks are trading at prices completely detached from reality. In fact, investors appear to be seeking to increase, rather than decrease portfolio risk as this rally continues to melt up. Today, I'll be discussing five serious hurdles all innovation technology investors need to scrutinize as well as why older investors, in particular, should think seriously about steering well clear of this sector until we see a major correction in the entire innovative technology sector. The six hurdles. An innovation technology bubble, ultra-low interest rates and speculation that the pandemic isn't real or isn't serious or is a government conspiracy. Rampant speculation, Bitcoin, Tesla, NIO, fuel cell, everyone is frantically searching for the next Tesla. Stock dilution at zombie companies, cruise ships and airlines, Mnuchin. A generational wave of first-time investors, feels like baby boomers moving into mutual funds and stocks after stagflation was conquered. Doubt about the pandemic and vaccines, this could lead to so many people opting not to take a vaccination this pandemic may have to burn itself out just like the Spanish flu did 100 years ago. History suggests EV, solar, and fuel cell stocks are the next to correct. Final thoughts. An innovation technology bubble. You might be wondering why I'm even writing this article. After all, Robinhood investors have had a tremendous investing track record in 2020, and innovation technology stocks have been smashing record high after record high. I can't deny this. I sold my stocks back in late February. For a few short weeks, I was ecstatic with my decision. A few months later, I was kicking myself. Nevertheless I'm writing for two reasons. First, I want to share some painful history lessons with younger investors. Second, I want to remind older investors of the damage a serious reversal in volatile stocks can do to a retirement portfolio.
let's not kid around here. Innovation technology is in a serious bubble. Ultra-low interest rates, the Federal Reserve backstopping junk debt, and speculation that the pandemic isn't real or isn't serious or is some sort of a government conspiracy have all contributed to a sense of complacency that I haven't seen for 20 years. Could momentum continue to drive technology stocks higher in 2021? Yes, it's possible. However, sooner or later all parties come to an end. I thought this party would be over by now. Clearly, I had the timing wrong, but the underlying economic problems triggered by the pandemic haven't gone away. Infection numbers are skyrocketing around the world. China's unwelcome meddling in Hong Kong will likely cause Biden to maintain and even escalate the ongoing trade war, with the help of European allies, in 2021. All economies, big and small, continue to be under tremendous financial pressure due to the ongoing pandemic and this problem will only get worse this winter because new vaccines will be far too late to be of any help with the current, and probably largest spike of infections this winter, meaning with new lockdowns, there will be more bankruptcies, more unemployment, meaning less tax revenue and even more financial pressure on both federal and local governments, meaning government sector layoffs and social services cuts in 2021 and beyond. We are watching a train wreck in slow motion. The world hasn't changed. Tesla isn't 3x more valuable than it was a year ago. What's changed is investors' ability to completely suspend disbelief. Whether you believe the pandemic is real or not is irrelevant. Significant damage to the economy has been done already. In fact, the Bank of England just announced the UK is on track for the worst recession in 300 years. Jobs growth numbers are slowing and unemployment claims remain very high. Rampant speculation. Bitcoin is approaching $20,000. Electric vehicle companies like Tesla and China's NIO are rocketing higher. Fuel cell companies like Ballard Power and Enphase are also at multi-year highs. Clearly, because most investors realize Tesla is already wildly overvalued, it seems like everyone is frantically searching for the next Tesla. There is simply too much liquidity in the system. Some investors are clearly day trading and speculating on momentum. However, the resiliency in some of these high-flying stocks cannot be simply chalked up to gamblers. Shareholders simply are not selling. Buyers of these stocks are true believers. I respect that kind of thinking. A number of years ago, I made the decision to only invest in companies that invest in the future. No more oil stocks, no more old economy stocks, only innovation technology stocks. I also respect the buy and hold mentality. If it was good enough for Warren Buffet, the strategy should also be good enough for you. However, even investors with the very longest time horizons need to learn when enough is enough and reallocate excess profits. Yet, it doesn't look like investors are going to get rattled easily. A sharp, short sell-off will not dissuade this new generation of investors. Perhaps a better question is when will younger investors start reallocating profits to buy a new house, or start a new business, or pay off debts? In 2000, young investors started taking profits out of technology names and started buying property, 
which in turn eventually led to the real estate bubble and subsequent Great Recession in 2008. If you're deeply invested in innovative technology names, it's probably time to make a plan today so you know exactly what you want to do before the inevitable, mass exodus starts. Stock Dilution at Zombie Companies Inexperienced investors are snapping up new issues of cruise ships and airline stocks. I'm not surprised. Institutional investors have snapped up multiple issues from stock market gods like Tesla, without blinking. Shareholders, rather than punishing Tesla for diluting shareholder value, rewarded the stock by holding on to shares for dear life. Will $6.3 trillion of stimulus trigger the rise of zombie companies? The long-term costs of corporate bailouts during a pandemic medium.com. But cruise ship and airline stocks? Many of these companies have taken on so much more debt, they are already effectively zombie companies. These businesses are dead for at least another year. Who wants to take the risk of being trapped inside a cruise ship cabin for months with no internet access? You'd have to be nuts. Most airline CEOs admit it may take many years to get back to 2020 peak travel numbers. These CEOs correctly realize the pandemic has clearly demonstrated a lot of business travel is completely unnecessary and in fact, a complete waste of money. I've talked to many corporate employees who tell me 2021 business travel budgets are being slashed. The pandemic has demonstrated, even to stubborn baby boomers, that face-to-face -face meetings aren't necessary for the vast majority of business to get done. Hell, I predict most companies are going to struggle to get employees back into the office full-time once the pandemic is over. If employees don't need to commute to the office, they sure as hell don't need to take cross-country business trips. Cruise ship companies, airlines, and airline manufacturers like Boeing, have already taken on vast sums of new debt. True, the debt being issued is extremely cheap to finance with interest rates so low, but this situation could change quickly. Last week, Mnuchin called back $455 billion of relief money from the Federal Reserve. The money was originally earmarked by Congress to support Federal Reserve emergency lending facilities. In all honesty, Jay Powell admitted the Federal Reserve did not have the administrative ability to loan the remaining cash to SMEs without the help of Congress, so it's not a complete surprise the money has been clawed back. As we all know at this point, Congress was unable to come to an agreement with Mnuchin, much less the Senate, on how the money should be distributed to businesses in need. Now with the funds clawed back, it will take both Congress and a divided Senate to agree if lawmakers want to put that money back to use to prop up the crumbling economy. Could this lead to a credit crisis like earlier this year or like in 2008? Yeah, it could. If there are more widespread shutdowns of major economies this winter, we will see more debt default, more bankruptcy, and significantly tighter lending. A 2021 debt crisis is definitely not out of the question. A generational wave of first-time investors. As interest rates fell after stagflation had been beaten, baby boomer investors who were traditionally used to investing in guaranteed investment certificates, suddenly found themselves looking for higher returns. Jix had at one time paid as high as 12% or even 15% per year for a five-year certificate. As interest rates fell lower and lower, investors started experimenting with mutual funds, stocks, and bonds. Although it was a little before my time, 
I remember stories from investment advisors who had worked in that magical era. They recounted stories of being so busy, there was no need to prospect for new clients. Phones were literally ringing off the hook with inexperienced investors, desperate, to purchase mutual funds before it was too late. There is absolutely no question. The baby boomer gold rush of the early 90s ultimately lead to the tech bubble in 2000. Incredibly 20 years later, we see another huge generational wave of millennials flocking into stocks, and ironically again, into technology stocks. Like the baby boomers before them, upward momentum is pushing millennial investors into taking bigger and bigger risks. Rather than taking profits from high-flying winners to purchase less risky assets, there is significant evidence investors are actually looking for even more risky assets in an attempt to chase even higher returns. Don't worry millennial investors, your parents did the same thing 20 years ago. Don't believe me? Call your mom and dad and ask them. Doubt about the pandemic and vaccines. In the real world, my job consists of consulting with perhaps hundreds of people a month. With access to so many different opinions, occasionally I have the opportunity to conduct informal polls on unusually controversial topics. I've informally been polling people on their views about the various vaccines that are about to be released. In my completely informal, unscientific opinion minus 90% plus will not take a vaccination shot in 2021. The reasons for this are pretty simple. Some people don't believe the pandemic is real. Some people don't trust the safety of the vaccine, they would prefer to see how it affects frontline workers, old people, and pregnant ladies before they take the risk of injecting themselves, how did our societies get so weak? If I'm even close to right, even with a 90% plus efficacy, if the vast majority of people are going to avoid taking a vaccination shot in 2021, vaccines will not stop the pandemic and vaccines will not stop the recession. Even the Spanish flu over 100 years ago, only lasted three years. By the time the vast majority of people are ready to risk being injected by a relatively new vaccine, there is a significant chance the virus will have already burned itself out and will have disappeared, just like it did 100 years ago. However, if this virus is not stopped cold, and I don't think it will be based on the hodgepodge way local governments have responded to this crisis so far, the pandemic will deliver a final cruel blow to the world economy this winter and throughout most of 2021. History suggests EV, solar, and fuel cell stocks are the next to correct. In 2000, technology stocks most connected to the dot-com bubble started collapsing. Interestingly, technology stocks, not directly connected to the internet in any real way, boomed and crashed months after the dot-com bubble burst. In 2000, the idea that an online bookstore would eventually displace established brick-and-mortar stores seemed insane. Today, Amazon is one of the most valuable companies in the world. However, post-2000, things started looking pretty grim. Amazon peaked twice in 1999. The final peak was in December of 1999. From over $90 a share, Amazon would ultimately sink to under $10 a share in just over a year. Ballard Power has risen sharply in 2020 from a mere $3 a share to over $20. But this isn't the first time Ballard Power has made investors swoon. In December of 1999, after Amazon had already peaked for the last time, 
Ballard Power was trading a little under $30 a share, that's right minus 50% higher than it trades today, 20 years later. By February of 2000, Ballard traded around $115 a share. By early 2001, like Amazon, Ballard's share price collapsed, to under $40 a share, that's right minus 100% higher than Ballard trades today. It would take Amazon nearly 10 years to again regain its dot-com peak and eventually rise higher. Ballard Power, on the other hand, was slowly ground down to a penny stock by 2012. In January 2019, Ballard Power traded at under $2.50 a share. Today it trades at just over $20 a share. True, only a fraction of the price Ballard Power traded for at the peak of the post.com bubble, but over 1,000x over its penny stock days. What's changed for Ballard Power, Enphase Energy, and Bloom Energy Corporation, Tesla, and NIO in 2020? Is business significantly better than it was a year ago? Business-wise, virtually nothing has changed. Business victories are incredibly small yet stocks have reacted insanely positively. What has changed is the mountain of greedy investors bidding up stocks in the last gasp phase of a technology bubble on the verge of bursting. As mentioned in the introduction, pandemic stocks have peaked and have collapsed significantly already. These stocks will go significantly lower before this recession is over. Mega cap tech has been trending lower for months. I expect this trend will continue as the recession bites, and a year from now I expect mega cap tech to be 20% plus lower than they are today. The innovative technology sector, however, has yet to correct. Like in 2000, hope for the future technology stocks are continuing to rise, very late in the market cycle, weirdly piggybacking on a completely unrelated pandemic-proof technology company boom. Although these alternative energy stocks are peaking late, I'm afraid these are the same stocks that like Ballard Power did 20 years ago, will ultimately fall the most and remain depressed the longest. I expect most of these stocks to drop 50% or more in 2021 to 2022. Final Thoughts Will investors new to investing drive innovative technology stocks even higher? It's possible, even likely. These are thrilling times for younger investors who still have lots of time horizon to gamble with. However, history echoes. Much like investors in 2000, investors in 2020 are too exuberant. Even if you are a younger investor, I think discretion should be the better part of valor. But if you're an older investor approaching retirement, I think it's time to ask yourself if these kinds of risky investments continue to make sense. After all, in the current stock market environment, these aren't stocks for old men. Disclosure, I sold almost all of my stocks back in late February 2020. I've been completely wrong about how big the subsequent rally would be. Please don't listen to me at all and instead seek professional advice before making any investment decisions.